Uh, let's continue. In way of review, uh, Brother Kelly is giving out the, in, uh, the notes. Uh, we're making uh, homework. Uh, in lesson number one out of this whole study is the garden of God's heritage, the guardians of God's heritage. And we looked at Psalms, chapter number 127. So if you want to turn there, we're going to allude to that again here pretty soon. Psalms uh, 127, the whole chapter there. Uh, we might go back to that, but uh, making home work in this very, very broken society. And we looked at a few things, you know, as a way of uh, introduction, <clears throat> that God uh, wants to help us uh, in our society. One out of three children live in a home without a father. We looked at that statistic in America now. Uh, as we're looking at some of these statistics, 40% of babies are born to unmarried mothers. So that's the, the, flight, the, the plight of, our, of our, our culture right now. As you see young people, maybe uh, in their 20s and in their 30s, raising a family, this is, this is the statistic for our day, all right? It might not be your day, some of your grandparents, but it is now what we face today, okay? A very recent statistic. There is no longer any such thing as a typical family. Time magazine in 2004 uh, made mention of something to the effect of this quote. It says, uh, pretty much everyone agrees that the era of the nuclear family with a dad who went to work and a mom who stayed at home has declined to the point of no return. And then actually, if you're honest with me, even in our culture, and we see that in our, uh, uh, in, in our entertainment, uh, is spilling over in our entertainment, that you notice that a nuclear family is very rare to find in any shows anymore. All right? It's, it's broken homes. It's uh, uh, my dad, I'm with him this weekend, and then another time I'm with my mom over here. He's got a family and so on and so forth. And so we see that this is not unfamiliar to us. Uh, and so we go to the next point right here, the first point that we had in our lesson, Roman number one on your note, the gift of a child. And we see that the Bible says in Psalms 127 and verse number 3, Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. So re let's be reminded again that children are a gift from God. All right? They're a gift from God. And then we, we went and we saw letter A. Uh, child are the possession of the Lord. All right? God takes ownership of children. I have four of them, and I know that to be a fact as I read my Bible, I'm simply a steward of my children. They belong to the Lord. At one point in their life, they will become independent of mom and dad. And I hope that by that point, I would have taught them to be interdependent with God. Because we will never be uh, independent of God. No human should be independent of God. We all, our dependents, should all be in God. And so think about that. As we're raising children, we're teaching them to be responsible. We're teaching them uh, that uh, they need to stand on their own two feet. They need to uh, uh, be, uh, be character-driven and have good character and work. But at the same time, we want them to completely, as we live our lives ourselves, completely depend on God for every little thing. All right? So that's, that's the thought of the gift of God's child, and children are the possession of the Lord. And then we go to letter B. We 
the final letter B, children are a gift from God. So as it reiterated for us, children are a gift from God. If he owns them and he gives it to us, then it's just simply a gift that God has given. We warned us last week that be careful how we view children. At times, we view them as irritation and inconvenience, and we should not because, as we quoted last week, children are both a privilege to have and a responsibility. All right, They're wrapped up in one word. They're a reward, they're a, they're a, they're a privilege, and, but they're at the same time, they're a responsibility. So it takes work to have children. Now, if you liken into a puppy, if you love animals, and if you get a puppy, the puppy will bring all the cuteness and the reward of having a puppy, but you have to have potty pads, uh, pads and uh, you don't want to do it in the winter uh, because it's hard to train a dog, right? And all of those things that come with it, and be careful with all your, uh, your socks is going to be chewed, uh, furniture is going to be scratched, and uh, things are going to happen. Uh, along with the cuteness that they bring. And so in a lot of ways, children, not liking them as as puppies and animals, they're more than that, they're a living soul. Uh, They mean more than animals, but in in some ways, uh, children have come along with them a lot of joy. They bring a lot of joy in your home. A lot of us uh, are enjoying some of the new babies in the church and how much joy they are. But ask the parents. You get to see them here for an hour or two but you don't sleep with them, uh, and they don't sleep good, and they keep everybody up, and, uh, and just the way it goes, right? And you get the benefit of enjoying their beautiful faces and their smiles and their oohs and their ahs, but you're not there when they're screaming bloody murder ah! at 2 in the morning, all right? So it's just that. So don't throw the baby with the bath water, right? Maybe that came along with that idea. But anyways, uh, we're going to the next point now, and that is the guardianship of our child. So that's your Roman numeral two uh, this morning, the guardianship of a child. The guardianship of a child. All right, and we'll move right along. There's a lot, a lot of truths I want to get to. We're going to take our time with these lessons here uh, and uh, try to be very, very, very clear as I speak this morning. Have we prayed? Did we pray already? No, let's pray. Lord, again, we ask that you'd bless our morning as we continue in our lessons. Help us to view children as you view them. Lord, help us to be thankful uh, as you give us children. Help those that have already raised children. Uh, Some are in the stages of that their children are adults, and some are in the stages of that their grandparents now that are enjoying the child of their children. And I pray, Lord, that you'd help them to help their children as they raise their children now. For us, Lord, that are still raising children, help us. For those maybe that are just starting in a relationship, maybe just recently married, and some are getting into marriage, and, Lord, some are seeking for your direction, some are praying for children, Uh, some are asking for children and wanting them, but uh, they're waiting patiently for you, Lord. Lord, help us as we go into uh, the idea of children and family, that it will be biblically based, Lord, that we would learn what the Bible principles are and so we can apply them. Lord, in this broken society, when a family and its institution is under attack, it seems from left to right, from the very beginning, uh, even a child is under threat, Lord, in our country, before it's even born. 
And we learned last week, Lord, that you are mindful of the unborn children in the womb. You take care of them. You watch out for them. You have purposes already for them. And, Lord, help us as we continue now. Bless those that are feeling under the weather. Lord, help them as they watch online. Bless our Sunday school now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Look at again Psalms chapter number 127 and verse number 1. Except the Lord build the house... They labor in vain that build it, except the Lord keep the city. The watchman waketh but in vain. And in those days, the cities were surrounded with walls. And in the walls, they had towers. And then in those walls, there were men responsible to be a watchman for danger to come. And they would announce to the city if there's danger or maybe even if there was a visitor that they need to welcome so that the gates would be opened. And so that uh, friends and families would be welcome, commerce and growth into the society, econom- economics would work. But also when there's enemies, they are to warn the people that live in the city. And so that's the idea here. The Lord is the one that builds the house, and the Lord is the one that keeps the house safe. All right? And there's many houses in Scripture. One of them is the home. Another one is the church. In fact, this verse is always referred to when somebody's preaching about the church. They labor in vain, right? Uh, regarding the church, about bringing growth to the church. But this is really, if you read in context as we read last week, this is regarding children. This is regarding raising a family. So it would not be, uh, it would not be misinterpreted here that when God's talking about verse number one here, he's referring to the family unit, the house, the home that God is interested in. When it comes to building your home, you cannot afford to trust your intuition. Your best intentions and most careful efforts are not enough to build a home that will last. Storms will come, winds will blow, unexpected temptations, disappointments, marital strains, teenage rebellion, health crisis, all kinds of troubles that surprise, confuse, and overwhelm us come. Why? Because we live in a sin-cursed world. And so problems and troubles come. Evil is present. And so uh, if it's present in our personal Christian life, and it's present in our church, and it's present in the world we live, well, guess what? It's going to come after your home. It's going to come after mom and dad. It's going to come after your marriage, and it's going to come after the fruit of your marriage. And that is your children. And so it is very important that we know that there is an enemy. But there is a builder. There is a builder. We have an advocate. And we have a friend. And we have a buckler. And we have a shield. And he is Jesus Christ. He can help us raise a generation that fears God in this broken society. This is the whole idea of this this lesson that I want to bring out to you. Children can still be raised for God in 2023. And it's not becoming 2024. Pretty soon. God can still help us in raising our children. It's bleak out there. It's dark. But the light of the world has not faded. And his word is still true. And his promises are yea and amen. We can go to the word apply the principle that is taught us, and we can find that we can have success, as Joshua 1.8 says. 
if we meditate and observe to do according to the law, we'll find success in raising a family for God. It's not foolproof because there's an enemy and there's free will. Your children, oh, this is so this is so hard sometimes to think of these things, but it is true, and I'm watchful of it. Each one of my children has a free will. And as much as I train them up as they should go, guess what? They will have to make choices for themselves. And I want them to know God so well that God is helping them right away when they're young to make those choices. I'm interested in my children knowing Jesus Christ really early. I praise the Lord. I believe by her profession and her life, Jesus Christ has come into the life of Abigail and Micah. Uh, Philip is really close. He's having a hard time what a gift and a reward is. He thinks he has to be a good person uh, to go to heaven. He's getting there. He's really close. And uh, Mariah is, is getting to the idea of talking and putting things together. And, and the gospel is being presented to her. And so please pray. And thank you for all the teachers uh, of all ages uh, because it's benefiting my family. And I appreciate it because they're hearing the gospel, not just from me, but from you as well. And so think of those as, as we continue now. We have an enemy, and there's a hostile culture. There's a hostile culture. Just the things that I have to think about that maybe my parents didn't have to think about. I have to educate my children on what gender is. You guys didn't have to worry about that as much as we are worrying about that now. You know that? Even in this church, and I have to be careful, uh, there's some uh, situation that my kids have come up to me and said they've heard this from so-and-so, and there's people that come to the church that don't know the Lord, and so I have to be very wise what I'm saying, and it's not to, do, to, uh, to be pronounce judgment, uh, but others are hearing that you can choose your gender. No, you can't. No, you can't. God gives us and created us the way we are. He created male and female. Now, I have to teach that to my children. I cannot put my head as a parent in the sand. As a grandparent, you can't put your head in the sand. You have to address this properly, kindly, and scripturally based. Not opinion-based, scripturally based. You need to know what the Bible says. Don't just say, well, Pastor Cole says it, Pastor Chris says it, and Pastor said, and all the people in the church says it, so that's what we're going to do. No, you need to find what God says. That's in Genesis, all right? And so learn those things, and I hope that you're engaged this morning, and as you're listening maybe online because you're not here presently, please, please, this is a battle for our children. The culture is against them. And then there's the stresses of life, just life itself. The Bible warns us this, that the stress of life, just, just life in general, life in general can put a strain on a family. How many kids you have dictates to you how early you can get anywhere. I was here pretty early this morning. You know why? Nobody was up. Because my broken mind has to have everything put in order. Guess what? Nobody was to mess anything up today. They were all in bed. The only thing I had to take care of was the dog. And the dog was great. The dog sat with me. As I looked at the scripture this morning and prayed. The dog was quiet. The dog was fed. The dog went to the bathroom, went inside, shut all the doors. I'm out of there. I got here a little bit early because of that. All right? But the cares of life, the business it promotes to you. 
You need to be here. You need to be here. Oh, this is something that children really need to have, this amusement park over here. I'm not against any of those things. And I have indulged ourselves in some things to do that is fun for our children. I'm not saying that. But you can outbalance that by saying they have to be busy all the time. Who says that? Who says that your family has to be crazy busy all the time? Where is that in Scripture? It doesn't say that. Why are we doing that? Why are we following society and saying, well, your kid has to know this, and your kid has to be here, your kid has to do that, your kid has to be over there. Who says that? Is that your God that says that? No, he says to be still. He says to be at home. (laughs) Do you know that those are in his word? And to be quiet. Oh, man, as I'm getting older, I'm appreciating silence. Not silence that I don't want my kids to speak. There's my danger. Old, well, I shouldn't say this. Once young individuals, here's the danger you're going to have. Because you desire silence. And that's good. I love it. But at the same time, don't desire it so much, you don't want to hear the cares that a child brings to you. Grandparents, they're going to bring something to you that doesn't matter to you. And it's their doll's broken arm. And they're going to come to you as a little five-year-old and say, (laughs) the arm fell off. You have to take care of that. You have to address that situation. You can tell her, wait a second, there's more important things to be done right now. But you have to come around and spend time with that child and say, let me see what I could do with that. I love my grandpa, Baron, for those things. If I had something broken, I would go to him. And he would find time to help me. Now, he was retired. He didn't have any uh, work to do. And he would help me in those things, spend time with me. And so, uh, because someday those six-year-olds are going to bring to you real problems. Dad, I like that boy. And you're going to go, hmm, well, I don't. Right? So there's more great matter. And if you want your children down the road to want to share their heart to you, then you let them share their heart to you now. When they're five and two and three and four. When, Ab, when Mariah goes, Daddy, 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 can you give me a kiss before you go? And I'm in a hurry. I need to get out of there. Guess what? It would not hurt me to pause for a few seconds and kneel and grab a hold of Mariah and say, I love you, babe. See ya. And go. It would not hurt me. It would not hurt me to do something like that. In this broken world, in this world where fatherless children are trying to survive. And I have kids, and I'm a father. I could do that once in a blue moon. At times, too, look, think about it this way. I'm not trying to say, get out of work. And as a pastor here, I'm going to give you something. Sometimes I don't, go to, I don't go to church. I don't go to the office. You know why? Because God led me. Well, I need to spend time with my family. Because I have young kids. Someday, they're not going to need me as much. And I'm going to have plenty of time to do what I need to do. But right now, they need me. And so sometimes I don't. I stay home to take care of them. All right? So think about that in your life. And then there is the direct attack of the devil and his demons. The icy breath of the devil himself. He'll come after your family. He will come after your family. Every family faces this. We must build on a foundation that is stormproof. 
We understand that if we have homes in this area with all seasons. We understand this. We must build a foundation that is storm fruit. Jesus himself identifies his foundation for us in his word. Now look at your notes. Matthew 7, 24 to 27. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will like him... I will liken him unto a wise man, which built his house upon a rock, and the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon the house, and it fell down, for it was found, uh, it fell not, I should say, verse 25, for it was founded upon a rock. And you see the elements coming from the, the, the top, the bottom, all around, the sides. And that is, think about this spiritually in your home, the attack is coming from every direction. But there's a builder. God is still interested in all of that to build a home that is founded upon his word. And he can help you, but I'm warning you, there is enemies. Don't be caught not watching. Don't be caught. You can't be, you can't be neglecting this responsibility. And verse number 26, And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them shall be likened unto a foolish man, and doeth them not, I should say, shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. Verse 27, And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great, and great was the fall of it. And we're seeing that in our society. It's fallen apart. It has fallen apart. Because we have no foundation, because we have removed the foundation. We have removed God out of our society. We've removed it from the government. We're removing it from public places. And it's sad to say, Christian, some of us unknowingly, ignorantly maybe, is removing him out of our home. And we should not. And how do you do that? By letting in things that should not be in there. The Bible says in Ephesians 4, neither give place to the devil. If you're giving place to the devil, you're pushing God out because the devil and God can't be in the same place. And you need to be watchful of what you let in. God says this in responsibility. Whatever a man lets in his life, let it not condemn him. All right? And so be careful in those things. Now, let's move on letter A, his protection for marriage. So uh, we're talking about the guardianship of a child. Where does it start? Marriage. I say this. I've heard this said, and I'm saying it now to my children. Before you were, and I point to my wife, she and I. Before you were, she and I were here. And that is the foundation of a home. Father and mother, husband and wife. And so if that is not being protected, guess what? There's an onslaught now in the home. God has a biblical blueprint for a Christian home. He designed that a man and a woman should have children and raise them for his glory. Let's go back to the very first book, the book of foundation, Genesis. Genesis chapter number 2 and verse number 18. And the Lord God said, it is not good that a man should be alone. I will make him a help meet for him, a completer, that he cannot live without this person. All right? Now, God, uh, with a side note here, has called some men and women to be single. We know that in scripture. I don't have to go to that. Uh, uh, teaching, but that is in scripture. There's some great men that were single. Jesus is one of them. Uh, John the Baptist, Paul, all right? There's some people that were single in scripture. But majority of us in, in life will find ourselves in a marriage, 
All right? And so think about these thoughts. In Genesis chapter number 2, in your notes, it continues, verse 22 to 24. It says, And the rib which the Lord God had taken from men made he a woman and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Verse 24. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. And here's the institution of marriage. This is what uh, marriage entails. Responsibility is that we grow, and now we're leaving our family unit. Not that we're leaving them. We love mom and dad. But now we're starting our own family unit. And that is the reproduction of a family producing a family. Christian, produce Christian. Family, produce family. Right? Church, Produce church. That's how it goes. Oranges produce oranges. All right? And so that's how it works. As you seek to raise your children, you cannot honor God if you are neglecting your relationship with your spouse. All right? If you are to do your home a favor, then take care of each other as husband and wife. Be sure that that has emphasis and priority in your home. Here's here's an opinion I have. Take your wife out on a date at least once a week. Take your wife out on a date at least once a week. You're with your children all the time, right? They need a lot of care. Find somebody that you could trust. Pay them if you need to. Have them watch your children, and you go off and have a celebration of your family. Realize this, wife. You cannot exchange the closeness and the companionship you have with your husband, with your children. A lot of people do that. When they have a broken relationship at home, husband and wife don't get along, they get children, and the children grow up, they replace their husband or their wife in companionship. They talk about things they shouldn't talk about about their children, and then confiding in their children rather than they should be confiding in one another. Your children are your children. Husband, your wife is your wife. And wife, your husband, is your husband. Not your not your older son. Do you understand me? All right. I don't know if I'm sounding like that. I don't mean to hurt anybody, but I'm just trying to be truthful. Uh, fathers, one of the best ways to nurture your children is to love their mothers. Now, here's a funny thing. I do a lot of funny things at home. And one of the funny things I like to do at home is poke fun at my wife in a good way. Some of you grandmas out there looking at me like, what a, what a dork. Why is he doing that? What a jerk. What a meanie. I do. I put fun at my wife. And guess what? If I'm going too far, guess who jumps in the rescue? The children. Dad, don't be mean to mom. Or if I'm tickling mom, guess automatically what would happen. Just if you wait enough time, if I'm tickling mom, and mom is pretty strong, she can tackle me down. And once I'm on the living room floor, guess what happens? All the little kids pounds on me. And now tickle time. Dad, tickle time. And they all tickle me. That's natural, right? Well, imagine, husband, if you're, you are cutting down your wife and your children are hearing that. What kind of effect do you think that will happen? That's why I'm going to suggest this. If you have an argument and you can't uh, work some things out, do it privately. Do it privately. Have a mom and dad meeting time, children known involved. All right? 
The same thing goes with the church. I'm going to plug this in. In the church, we have staff. Guess what? They get to know more things than the members. And the next rung from that are workers. So in the staff, guess staff? You know who you are. If we have problems, guess what? We talk amongst ourselves. We don't bring it out to everybody else. The same thing goes in the home. Mom, dad, if there's a problem, don't go to your mommy and daddy. Hey, you're, you're a man now. Boy, don't go to mom and dad. Oh, my wife, she doesn't cook for me. My wife, don't clean the house for me. My wife, when I'm sick, don't give me that noodle soup, mom, that you make. That's all gone. That's done. That's absolutely done. My entire family is sick. But my wife talked to me today. She says, I don't trust you. I'm going to make soup for us when you get home. I'm like, oh, thank you, babe, because I would have no clue how to make soup, except ramen noodles. I can do those, right? Put some eggs in it. Well, anyways, mothers, to teach your children submission to authority, all right? Going to the mothers now. You are the support role in the authority God has made. The head is the husband in a home. And so the wife, I believe, exercise more humility because now they are to obey a fallen man. You know, sometimes in the church, yes, there's a lot of pressure on the first man, the senior guy. But I, I learned this being under a lot of other men. I know this. It is harder to be under another man. And so I, I, I think everybody that works in this church, that volunteers, that does this class, that do things in this church because you have to submit to me. I'm sorry, but at the same time, I'm thankful that you do it because you're doing ultimately to the Lord. But I appreciate it. It takes a lot of humility to do something like that. Uh, As we continue now, we find that... uh, the word of God must be our foundation for our marriage. So we go to letter B here. Uh, his protection uh, for children. All right. Even a physical house guards us from the elements and weather. So the home you provide for your children is to guard their hearts, minds, providing physical, emotional, and spiritual protection as they mature. So in a, in a typical home, you see a home like this depicted for us. And uh, we'll go through that. And there's five foundational truths, all right, that we're going to look at. And so you're looking at a home, that's what it kind of looks like. But we'll start with number one, and that is uh, scriptural truth. That's number one, the foundation of scriptural truth. The all-important foundation for Christian home is none other than the Word of God, the Bible. You cannot do uh, God, uh, you cannot have a home without being built the right way with the word of God. Okay? Uh, Let's not have the Bible be present at home, but not read or observed. All right? And sometimes it's become just a decoration on the coffee table or on a bookshelf. But let us make it a part of our daily life and as a home. The home is where the biblical foundation is supposed to be laid, diligently taught by parents. Look at Deuteronomy 
in your notes, chapter number 6, verse 6 to 7. And these words which I command you this day shall be in thine heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and how you keep them in your heart, by you hiding the word of God in your heart, right? And verse number 7, And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and thou shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. It is a part of your life, all right? Colossians 3.16, Let of the word of Christ dwelling you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual song, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Give some hope to your children by giving them the book of hope, the Bible. All right? In this broken society, they can find uh, success, all right, as children in your home. The most practical way to obey the instruction to teach God's word diligently to your children is to read the Bible with your family daily. All right? And lesson two is going to be all about that in this uh, set of lessons we're looking at. So uh, let's go to the next foundation for now. Uh, Have what some people call it a family altar or some call it family devotion. As you read the Bible, you spend time reading it and then meditating upon it. Well, as a father and as a mother... Take that responsibility and bring it to the home. Our house, our practice is almost every night we pray together. And then in the morning, we try to read the book of Proverbs. Especially if it's today, the 17th. So we'll read the Proverbs of 17 today. And then we'll ask our children what they thought about it and what things came up and that they will uh, learn from it and we discuss it. All right? And so that's what we do in our home. If you don't do that, I encourage you, that's a good practice. You don't have to do it that way. You don't have to do it in the morning, but get the Bible at home. You are the pastor, father, at home. You should know the word so you can instruct your family. And moms, uh, you are vital in this, to teach your children the word of God at home. All right? Foundation number two, loving acceptance. We've got scriptural truth, And then a foundation of loving acceptance. One of the most vital needs of a child, and in fact, anyone, you, you're sitting right here right now, whether you admit this or not, whether you uh, realize this about yourself or not, you want to be accepted. You want to be accepted. You want favor from man, and you want favor from God. For God to show you kindness, and God says to you, I want you. All of us want that, all right? The foundation of loving acceptance. One of the most vital needs of a child is to know he is loved, not for what he does, but for who he is. For who he is. This is a a balancing act that I try to do in my home because I'm teaching them that good behavior results in good consequence. And bad behavior, likewise, results in... And bad consequences. But in the middle of all of those things, I have to reinforce this truth. I don't want them growing up thinking that everything has to be earned. Because there are some things that are not earned. They're just given. And you just accept them. That's why a society, as a hardworking Americans, I love America because we're hard workers. We are ingenuitive. And we, uh, God blessed us with people that have a mind, and I'm glad for that. Now, 
Go now, and society is broken apart. So one of those things, work ethic is really in, in very shambles right now. But here's the thought I was thinking about in this idea of loving acceptance. Be very careful that you don't confuse responsibility with your love for them. All right, my children are responsible. If they wake up in the morning, I've said this a hundred times, they need to clean their room. They need to make their bed. But then at the same time, I make sure I let them know this. They don't have to earn my favor because I love them. Jesus says, but God commended his love toward us. And while we were yet sinners, Christ died. When we were ungodly, we did not have to do anything to receive God's love. For God so loved the world, he gave. Not until you were ready for it. No, he gave, whether you were ready or not. He came to seek and to save that we were just lost. God's favor on my life in the sense of salvation is freely given to me. I didn't have to earn it. And so in your children, there's some things that I do. And I'm trying to balance this. So there's a situation last Sunday night, I think it was, all the kids go home. I'm the last one here most of the time, and I shut things down. My kids don't want to do that because it's a lot of hard work. They have to stay here. They want to go home. Well, one of them decided to say, I'll stay with you, Dad, and that was Philip. Now my wife's watching, so I'm in trouble. (laughs) So guess what I did? And this is not you earning it, Philip, because he's watching. It's not you earning it, Philip. But because I love my son and I know what he likes, guess what I did? We made a rendezvous to Dairy Queen. Because I love the fact that he chose to be with Daddy. Does he deserve that? At that day, no. According to mommy, he was a bad boy. So he didn't deserve it. But at the same time, he didn't have to earn it because I gave it. Because I love him. And so you have to be careful. It's not all a bunch of rules at home. You have to expose your children to this. Whether they deserve it or not, dad loves me. Whether they deserve it or not, mom loves me. And decipher that. Learn to discern that. And appropriate that properly in your life. Not everything that your kid does has to be earned. There's some things that are just freely given. Now, in the same token, have them earn some things in life. Don't give them everything because of favor. Have them earn some things in life. All right? All right, you guys going to go outside and pick up all of the pine cones because I have a beautiful uh, pine trees all in the back. I want all the pine cones picked up into the pile. If you do that, I'll give you ice cream. All right, that's a reward. That's totally different, okay? And so, remember that. Let's go. Uh, moving right along here. I'm not moving right along. First Thessalonians 2, 7. But we were gentle among you, even as a nurse cherished her children. Gentleness permeates your home. It should, all right? And your relationship with your son and daughter. It's not all laws. There has to be some gentleness in there. And verbal affirmation of love. Verbal affirmation of some of you tough dudes. I don't say I love you. Why not? Your Jesus did. I love them to the end. He said it in his word. For God so loved. He, he wrote it. All right, you don't want to say it? Write it. Write a note to your child. I love you. Why not? Don't be too tough to say I love you. Say it often. Say it often. Even if you did not receive a loving affirmation from your parents, you might not be used to this, but you must give it to your children. 
change that problem. All right? You didn't get it from your mom and dad. I understand. Sorry about that. Now give it to your children. Tell them you love them. As Christians, a heavenly father who consistently affirms his love to us in his word, and we receive his love, we are capable then of passing it to our children. Parents, we know we love our children. But sometimes we don't demonstrate that love in a way they can understand. So let's learn, if they have little children, get to the point where you understand how they understand you love them. All right? And, and talk about it with them. Uh, many Christian parents with strong biblical standards and uh, a loyalty to true doctrine have assumed their children would just naturally embrace, embrace those same beliefs. All right? Yet, as parents, they didn't demonstrate a consistent heart of love to their children. What their children heard was, if you have these beliefs and these standards, you are okay. If not, I will be ashamed of you. In the heart of a child, that kind of conditional acceptance is devastating. Devastating. You heard it said, rules without a relationship breed rebellion. While it is necessary to establish boundaries for the safety of our children, strong rules must be combined with strong affirmation of love. All right? If your children are to be assured of your love and acceptance... Uh, if you do that, I guarantee you, they will receive the instruction and direction you give. If they know mom and dad loves me and they want the best for me, your instruction would come in easier. A pastor that I was under at one point, he said this, be sure you love harder than you preach. Be sure you love harder than you preach. Pastor Hank Thompson, what a great man and influence in my life. Children need you to affirm to them that it doesn't matter what they do, just being who they are, you love them. Not everything is earned. Some things are given because you love them. All right? Lord, thank you for this morning. Help us as we continue next week. In Jesus' name, bless those that are sick. Bless our morning service. Amen and amen. You're dismissed 10 minutes before the next service.